Staying in contact, I'm London Mitchell. Each week, I reach out to people and organizations working to improve the quality of life of our community. My guest for this episode is the Executive Director of the Ability Center, Stuart James. The Ability Center, in the effort to make our community the most disability-friendly in the country, has launched what we might call a reboot, a new focus called the Think Differently campaign. But Stuart tells us it's not really a new approach. You know, I don't know that it's different necessarily or it's an extension of the way we used to do things in the past. My idea, you know, I, I spent much of my professional life working in marketing. And when I started thinking about disability, I started thinking about the different types of barriers. You know, we often think of physical um, barriers or physical accessibility. And we don't often think about a different type of barrier, which is the way people feel about disability um, and the way that people with disabilities feel about themselves. And I think this is true across all sorts of stigmas, whether it's race or religion or sexual orientation. We do a great job of changing the law and that's creating assets and opportunity for people, but we're not doing a great job of changing hearts and minds, the way you think about it. And raising the expectations people have of those with disabilities and the expectations those with disabilities have of themselves. And I think that's a big part of what we're trying to do now. Okay, here's the big question for you. What is the first step we need to take to change that way of, or change the way we think about individuals with disabilities? I think it's starting to create second stories, or at least maybe telling the whole story. You know, sometimes people think about disability, or you see a person with a disability, you recognize the disability, and then the story stops. You don't get any further along in terms of knowing that individual. Um, and finding out that they might be, you know, a dad or a mom or um, have ambitions to be an astronaut or whatever. Um, and so I think part of it is creating a second story, making sure that people realize that a lot of what I'm talking about, whether you want to be a successful business person or a lawyer, or if you want to be an astronaut or a doctor or whatever, um, the path has already been cut. We're not asking you to tread new ground. It's just the fact that you didn't realize that someone's already been there and knows the way. And so you know, it's about telling stories at this point. You raised an interesting issue when you said that people with disabilities may not have a really good impression of themselves. I think that's true. You know, I, I, I spent much of my professional life working in sports and I kind of used this story of, um, I, I spent some time working um, with NFL players and, you know, less than 1% of kids who play high school football get to play in the NFL. But parents will spend thousands of dollars on uniforms, leagues, um, travel. The kid can't run, he's got no shot, but they never take away the dream. When you have a disability, suddenly the conversation changes and it's all about being practical. You want to be an astronaut? I don't know that that's such a good idea. And so, you know, you should start to focus on what you can do instead of what you can't. But you need to focus on the things that you're able to do. I think that's nonsense. I want kids to focus on what they want to do. Because the truth is, 
parents don't know what their tenants are not doing. The children themselves don't know what their tenants are not doing. And they won't find out unless they try. And so we got to open up, we got to create an environment where kids can have an opportunity to try whatever it is and fail because we're all going to fail at things. Failing's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. We learn from it. But along the way, you'll probably find something that you're passionate about. You know, I wanted to play football for the New York Giants when I was 10 years old. That was never, ever going to happen in my life. But I did find, I did find the path, and I had a 25-year career in sports. So you just find your way. But my mom and dad were very supportive, and that was a big key. So a lot of the, uh, a lot of the change in attitude really must start with, with parents. I found that parents tended to be very, very protective of a child that they had with a disability. You know, that's absolutely true. You know, um, I, hate this, I hate to phrase it this way, but the truth is a lot of times parents are the biggest problem. Um, really, I mean, it's just the way it is. I was very fortunate. Another story I tell a lot is when I was born, I have osteogenesis imperfecta. I was very, very lucky that I was born in New York. So we have a very good hospital, the Hospital for Special Surgery that specializes in my disability. So I was very lucky about that. But when I was a baby, um, I was having some surgery or something done. My mom went to the cafeteria and a doctor invited herself and just sat down with my mom. Um, and said, you know, I want to talk to you about how you raise your son. And she pointed to a child who was being overprotected, you know, surrounded by pillars, because we have OIs, we bring things. And so she was surrounded by pillars, and the, the mom was really being very careful. And the doctor said, you know, you could do that, and no one's going to blame you. And there was another child running around like a maniac, and she said, oh, you could do that, and you can let him figure out life and his boundaries for himself. And in that moment, my mom decided to ladder. And that changed everything for me because I think if she had gone with the first route, I wouldn't have done anything that I did. I, I would, I'd be nowhere. Well, you've been in uh, Toledo now more than a year uh, at the Ability Center. How have you found the community in regards to the effort to make our community a disability or the most disability friendly community in the country? You know, I think the best part of the city of Toledo and really all of Northwest Ohio is that the community wants to do this. Um, they need some guidance on how to do it, but generally speaking, the community has been very receptive. Um, they understand the value, or at least I hope they do, I think they do. We have wonderful community partners. Um, the museum is obviously one of them. You've probably heard us talk about that. But Metro Parks is another one. We probably have one of the most accessible park systems in the country. It's really, really something we should be proud of. Um, but the Imagination Station, the Mud Hens, the, the Wild Eyes, all of these venues are just doing a fantastic job. It's one of the reasons I'm hoping to bring the lead conference to Toledo in 2024. Uh, so the lead conference is sponsored by the Kennedy Center, and essentially it's a conference of cultural vendors. It could be museums or Broadway theaters or sports arenas, and they learn how to be more inclusive. And so I found that in my own experience, at least specifically to sports, when we look at places like the Mud Hens or the Wild Eyes, 
those experiences are some of the best experiences I've ever had in any stadium. And it's something that the city should be proud of. It's something that those organizations should be proud of. And I think they are. Where do we as a community lack offering the uh, accessibility features or the inclusivity that people with disabilities uh, are looking for? That's a great question. I mean, you know, when I talk about changing people's attitudes, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as saying that we're not paying attention to the physical accessibility problems. This city has a lot of problems in that space, and we are working to address them. Um, it's a challenge Toledo is an older city. Um, it's got weather. There's a lot of places that are still very inaccessible in terms of physical barriers. Um, and so we need to space, we need to work on that. It's not going to happen tomorrow, but we're going to get there and we're going to do it one step at a time. And again, the community seems to be receptive. Um, we did have a little bit of pushback in Perrysburg on the new master plan for that city, but eventually they came through. The city planners were really supportive. Um, so I think we'll get there, but you know, it's, it's three yards at a time. Do people with disabilities, in your opinion, have the voice that they need to get things done? or And if not, or if it's, in your opinion, a little weak, what can we do to make their, their voice stronger? Make them, uh, make them a united front? Well, you know, that's a very complex question. Um, and I think part of it is, you know, back in the 70s when the disability rights movement started, um, we were all able to sort of band together to find out, you know, to get these basic rights, the essentials. Um, but now we've, you know, 30 something years into this, um, it's become more nuanced. And so sometimes things that people with vision impairments need are not the same as things with people who have mobility issues or cognitive issues or whatnot. Sometimes they run counter to each other. So the whole thing has become a little bit more complicated. Um, but I think one of the things when you ask that question about the strength of the community and the voice they have, I think the challenge is making sure the community understands the but the, they understand what they should be asking for. Um, you know, sometimes if you don't see the whole picture, I use another quote quite a lot about Henry Ford, who said, if I asked people what they wanted, they'd say a faster horse because they didn't know what a car was. And so sometimes I think people with disabilities don't know what the possibilities are for themselves. And so they aim too low and they're asking for the wrong things. Um, they should be asking for more and willing to fail if they don't get it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It, it very much does. If someone would like more information about the Think Differently campaign, where can they find it? At theabilitycenter.org, but you know, you can come in anytime. This facility is not just for people with disabilities, we're a community organization, and we work to make the whole community better. And so if you want to learn about it, you know, come in, say hello. Well, <laughs> well said. You have, the, you have the last word, Stuart. I have the last word. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm coming in on my first year in Northwest Ohio, and it's been really wonderful, I think, the city of Toledo is one of the most underappreciated places I've ever lived. 
and I've lived pretty much a lot of places all around the world. Um, and so I'm really excited to be here. I, I hope I can help this community better itself. And I'm, I know the community is helping me better myself. And so, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the future. Stuart James is the executive director of the Ability Center, working hard to help our community become the most disability friendly in the country. I'm London Mitchell. Thanks for listening. I'd enjoy hearing from you, so feel free to jot off an email to me through my website, londonmitchell.news. And please join us again at the same time next week, staying in contact here on Topath Radio.